Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Four Verticals Podcast. I'm your host, Maurice Phipps, and this episode is being recorded on June 10th, 2022. Before we start this episode, I do want to mention that I will be moving um, the days that I both record and upload these episodes to Friday um, to better fit with my work schedule. Um, So yeah, expect these episodes on Fridays now. But um, that's not what you came here for. You came here for sports, and I'm going to give them to you. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Of course, the um, the big news that we are going to get into is uh, the NBA Finals. Um, three games have passed since my last uh, recorded episode. Um, I'm going to do a small recap of Game 1 and then do a more in-depth deca- uh, excuse me, recap of Games 2 and 3. So, Game 1, mini recap. Um not very much to say about this. Golden State had a phenomenal third quarter, um, as we are accustomed to Golden State having a, a really good third quarter. But the Celtics came back to outscore them 40 to 16 in the fourth quarter to take game one. Um, some takeaways from game one was Jason Tatum had an off shooting night, um, but Al Horford, Jalen Brown, and Derek White all dropped 20 plus, so it didn't really matter. Um, after game one, I was still confident in my pick that the Warriors would win in five. Um, but obviously, you know, some things have transpired and we'll go over that um, a little bit later. So now game two, I do want to go a little bit more in depth with my uh, game two analysis. So Jalen Brown started off red hot and uh, cooled off after the first quarter. Golden State had another fantastic uh, third quarter. This time the Celtics were not able to overcome uh, with major second half assistance from Jordan Poole. Step drops 29 in the game two to send this series to Boston tied at 1-1. And Jason Tatum has a bounce back night and drops uh, team high 28 points while shooting six of nine from three point range. Um, So a few key takeaways that I had from this game was Klay Thompson, uh, the Warriors definitely missed his scoring. He took some really, really bad uh, shots. Uh, His shot selection in general in this series has been pretty bad, or at least in games one and two. Game three, he had a a, a better game. But um, his shot selection for a while now has has been very questionable. Um, I'm not sure whether that's him not necessarily wanting to release his role as the second option to anyone or like him just... I don't know what it is, but his shot selection has not been good, and it's actively hurt the team. Um, Speaking of things that have actively hurt the team, Draymond Green, uh, he had a a subpar game one. He had a bounce back game two. Um, You know, his his role in Golden State was never really truly to score, um, although he has scored when needed to at times uh, that portion of his career is basically over and he's essentially incapable offensively when it comes to the um, like scoring. He can do everything else. He just can't score. Um, He definitely had a a better game too, but major, major, major takeaway from game two was that Al Horford, Marcus Smart and Robert Williams were all limited to just two points. Now keep in mind, uh, Al Horford in game one was the Celtics leading scorer with 26 points. And then uh, I don't, I'm not sure how much Marcus Smart had in game one, but um, he had way more than two points. So uh, the Warriors found a way to limit everybody else. Um, they let Jason Tatum do Jason Tatum. He did what he was going to do, um, but it wasn't enough for them to overcome them. And so they sent the series to Boston tied 1-1. 
Now, game three was two days ago. Game three was the most recent game that was played. And both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown dropped 26 and 27 points, respectively, as the Celtics weather another Golden State third quarter storm by limiting to them to only 11 points in the fourth quarter. Klay Thompson has a somewhat return to form after dropping 25 points. Steph Curry drops 31 and was injured in the first in, in excuse me in the fourth quarter after bodies dive onto the court for a loose ball. Um, at the time, it was unclear whether Steph will miss any time due to this. Uh, due to the injury, um, but since then he has come out and said that he will be playing in Game Four, which is tonight um, of the series, which I expected because it's the NBA Finals. If there is ever a time for someone to play through an injury, it would be now, right? So again, that update on Curry, he says he will be playing in Game Four. I don't expect this injury to really limit him at all. Um, it, it really didn't look like anything major. It just looked like a, a maybe like a, a twisted ankle or something like that. Not nothing a major injury, nothing that um, a professional athlete hasn't played through before. So I'm sure he'd be fine. Um, Jalen Brown, he started off red hot again. He scored 17 in the opening quarter, had a fantastic game as a whole. Um, his scoring punch really uh, has 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 been the most consistent between him and uh, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum has scored about as much, um, but not at the usual efficiency rate that we're used to. Um, Clay Thompson has an improved shooting night. Again, he dropped 25 points, uh, shot the ball pretty well. Um, no one in the, no one on the Warriors could really score in the fourth quarter. So, um, yeah, that's, that's that. But, um, one thing that I do find funny, Draymond, Draymond Green, he fouled out with a, uh, a stat line of two points, four rebounds and three assists. In a total of 34 minutes, <laughs> this man played 34 minutes, scored two points, grabbed four rebounds, and get got three assists. And I think he had two turnovers too, which is crazy. Um, some things that I have seen Warriors fans or and just people in general say about this um, Warriors team is that um, number one, Steph Curry can't do it all himself. He's been the most consistent um, piece of offense. Um, that they've had. Um, number two, uh, I haven't seen a lot of love shown to Andrew Wiggins, who, in my opinion, has been the second best player on this Warriors team. Um, he's been consistent, played really good defense against both Tatum and Jalen Brown when he when he's been guarding them. Um, I think he's averaging what like 13, 14 a night, which is exactly what you want from somebody like Andrew Wiggins. Uh, he's getting to the free throw line, stuff like that, and he's he in in my opinion, he's having a very underrated um performance um just because you know we we see Clay Thompson and, and Jordan Poole like scoring a little bit more um even though they've struggled from the field both of them well Jordan Poole a little bit less because he's taking less shots but Clay Thompson definitely struggled from the field um in general um what else do I want to talk about oh so in the in the Clay Thompson's media availability he sort of went off on a mini rant um, because Boston fans were chanting "fuck Draymond Green," um, he kind of took offense to that for Draymond, or not for Draymond, but he was like, uh, "There are kids in the crowd, and you're chanting fuck Draymond Green.' That's very classy." Blah blah blah. Um, Draymond took to his podcast to um, clear up his stance on the matter. He said he didn't necessarily have a problem with it because you know that's that that's sports, and that's 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 just the 
the energy that 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 radiates from sports fans. That's it's what makes a home crowd a home crowd, and what makes playing at a home crowd and it, that's what makes that uh, more difficult than playing at or excuse me playing at playing away from your home crowd that's what makes it more difficult than just you know playing uh, at your home forever um, and I agree with them uh, I'm not I'm, I've never been one to um, criticize fans for booing and, and shit talking and shit like that it's sports at the end of the day that's what's going to happen and especially when you when we talking about a place like Boston whose fans have a reputation for being less than nice people, but um, you, you're playing in Boston and you don't expect the Boston crowd to get rowdy. I don't expect, I don't, I don't know what you expected from any uh, opposing crowd, especially when you're in the NBA finals, but uh, yeah, I don't know. And it's not like the, like the, the fuck Draymond chance came out of nowhere because Draymond is literally his role thus far has been playing irritant to the Boston Celtics. I think he got teed up in game one. It was um, arguable that he should have got a double technical in game one. Um, in game two, I think he got another tech and uh, in game three, he fouled out. So, you know, it's it's not like the, the fuck Draymond chance are like for no reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that you know, the, the complaining about the the fans is a little unnecessary, especially if they aren't doing anything that's really like disrespectful. Uh, we saw in was that last year's playoffs? Last year's playoffs, Trey Young got absolutely blasted by the New York crowd. They hated that man's guts, and the 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 fuck Trey Young chances those were fine. What took it too far was when a court was when a, a courtside fan spit on Trey Young. That obviously is unacceptable, and that's should not be tolerated whatsoever. But if and 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 don't get me wrong, everybody on majority of people that I saw reactions on Twitter, they were like, you know, they were saying like, damn, this New York crowd is really into it. This is New York basketball. This is the energy that we want to see in the playoffs. So that's a good thing. And even Trey Young, he poked fun at it um, when they played. Uh, it it might have been game one or two, whichever was the game that they I think they split the series they split the games in New York. I think New York won game one and the Atlanta won game two. And then when Atlanta uh, Trey Young hit a, a a crowd a shot that like silenced the crowd, you know he he did the uh you know he he did the shush thing and he said it's quiet as fuck in here. You know what I'm saying he playing up to that villain role just as the fans. Are talking shit to Trey Young because you know fuck Trey Young. It's that's that's the culture in New York. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't understand why Clay Thompson really has a problem with uh, fans being involved as fans do. They're literally that that's that's the fans' job is to get involved and to you know have the to 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 give the momentum to their team and, and take momentum away from the other team. That's what makes a home crowd a home crowd. Um, Draymond's wife also took the social media, but I'm not going to talk about that because she's that, that she, uh, was speaking on having, you know, she was there with her children. And so she's speaking about her children. So I'm not gonna, I don't really have an opinion on that, but you know, Draymond, he gave his opinion and, you know, he obviously like he's, he's not saying to shout obscenities around his children, but you know, this is 
he 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 basically went on to say that this is a a teaching moment for his son because he said that his son wants to be a coach, and so he said, um, "I don't don't quote me on his words exactly, but he said like he was somewhat happy that it actually happened because he can teach his son that you know if I got through this, uh, then you can too as well because this is the nature of." sports people are passionate about sports and this stuff is going to happen to you if you are a coach or if you are a player or if you are someone of stature and you're at an away crowd shit like that so uh those are my takes on games one two and three as far as game four uh hey i don't know this is it's looking real dangerous for the warriors um, obviously this is a must win game for the Warriors. You can't go down three, one in any series because we've only seen one, three, one finals come back. And we all know what, what happened with that. Um, my, my, again, my original pick was Warriors in five. Obviously they can't win in five games now. So I'm going to go with Warriors in six or seven, you know, one of the two, if the Warriors win, in my opinion, I do see it stretching to seven games. I don't think that they're going to rattle off three wins in a row against this Boston team that hasn't lost. I don't think they've lost consecutive back-to-back games this playoffs at all. This One thing about the Celtics, the Celtics this playoffs have been so phenomenal at adjusting. Um, it seems like after every loss, they come back better and, you know, they, they win. I think literally after every loss, they are like perfect. In, in their record they after after a loss in a series they haven't lost the next game they haven't lost back-to-back games so it's going to be real challenging for the Warriors to try and stack wins up against this Celtics team especially with Ime Udoka coaching and you know he's he's, he's coaching up a storm right now it's crazy a first-year coach doing all of this first-year head coach in the NBA finals doing all this you know he's he's making the adjustments and the players are the players are responding, and they stacking wins up, man. So it's it's a, it's it's a real it's a real it's going to be a real challenge for the Warriors to uh, get back into this series. But that's enough on the uh, NBA Finals for right now. We do have some other news. Um, Aaron Donald got a contract extension after potential retirement talks. He signed a three-year, $95 million extension, which will make him the highest-paid non-quarterback ever. So congratulations to Mr. Aaron Donald. Um, Cooper Cup also signed a three-year extension, three years, $80 million. Um, Definitely, definitely both well-deserved. So congratulations to both of them. Um, DK Metcalf was a no-show at Mandatory Seahawks minicamp. Um, I'm not going to make a big deal out of that. But um, just just to throw it out there, you know, his name might pop up in some trade rumors and stuff like that. <coughs> Come to the Ravens. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> uh, yeah, hopefully DK Metcalf comes to the Ravens. That would be very nice. But anyway, um, um, unless what what's the word unless jovial news um two additional women have come forward in the ongoing deshaun watson case it is unclear for how long the nfl will suspend deshaun watson for um but it's looking like man make like minimum like a four game suspension or something like that i wouldn't be surprised if he had to sit out this entire season due to the ongoing legal litigation involving his name um, I've already talked at length about that. We're not going to discuss it any further. We're just going to move on. 
Um, some more interesting news. Rob Walton of the Walton Pinner family. If you don't know who that is, you know what Walmart is. That's the family that created Walmart. Uh, heir to that family um, is set to buy the Denver Broncos for a reported $4.65 billion, which would be the largest sum of money paid for any American sports franchise. Um, if you ask me, that's definitely an overpay because when you look at like the most expensive or the most valuable franchises, Denver Broncos definitely doesn't come to mind. Um, you know, stuff like Yankees, stuff like Chicago Bulls. I know what's up there. Stuff like Golden State Warriors, uh, Dallas Cowboys. Definitely not the uh, Denver Broncos is definitely not a team that comes to mind immediately. But um, I guess that's that's interesting. Interesting to see what. Um, what changes happen within the the Denver Broncos organization as you know the owner of the team is is uh is changing. Um, we don't have a bunch of other news. I, damn, I blazed through this episode. I really got to stop doing that. I got to make these episodes longer again. Um, but uh, in the final bit of news that we have, Oklahoma wins the college softball World Series after a sixteen to one blowout in Game One and a ten to five victory in Game Two of their best of three series. So congratulations to those Oklahoma ladies. I believe that this is their this that number one. They're they're back to back champions. So congratulations for that. And this is their uh, fifth World Series. Hold on, let me let me look at it. I don't want to get this wrong. This is their is their sixth time being uh, world champions. So, you know, con congratulations. Um, excuse me, national champions. So congratulations to them. Um, wow, I did not expect to blaze through this episode so quick. I don't have anything else to talk about. Um, so we're just going to cut it short right here. Um, I'll be back next Wednesday with hopefully another episode and a longer episode. I haven't recorded a sub 20 minute episode in a while. But um, without further ado, what am I talking? <laughs> without further ado, this has been Maurice Phipps. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.